Fancy people. My name is Micah McCaw. My name is Jordan McCaw. And you know that you have, on every episode, been referred to as our fancy people. That is like what they call the Macaw Podcast Universers. Yeah. Um, not first class, not second class, fancy class. <laughs> um, and today, well, we're a po- we're the Macaw well, today, Podcast well, Universe. Today, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, are we exist to be real wrong when they say children are really rituals. But today, for the fancy pants listeners, yeah. we are pulling back the curtain to kind of see what the common man has been watching in the last couple of years. Uh-huh. And that oh. inclu- <laughs> that means today we're covering uh, X Men Apocalypse. <laughs> Bad joke, probably. <laughs> no, no, no. That's that's funny. Um, yeah. Uh, tell us, tell us about the X Men experience so far, Jordan. You know, I kind of summarize it when we get well, started. It has hit uh, an all time low with this movie. Oh, interesting. Is that a true interesting? Because I think you agree. I said out loud at some point in this movie, probably pretty early on, I said, just so you know, I'm no longer listening to what's happening. <laughs> I can't listen to this anymore. Well, would it surprise you to note that I may argue this is the best one so far? You're not. You're not going to. I don't know, Jordan. <laughs> You're not. Because you wouldn't do that to her marriage. No, this movie <laughs> sucks so hard. I hate it. The the IODB scores are way too high for this movie. But still pretty middling. They're, that's too high. So I think 2016 is kind of this weird little moment in time. And I, I didn't, like, go back and look to, to confirm. But it feels like, you know, for so long, superhero movies were fighting to be valid forms of film. Right? And I feel like 2016, it's pretty prevalent it's kind of ruling the box office but it also feels like that's a moment where critics are like you know what like these movies pretty much rock and it just feels like superhero movies in in the middle teens up till now like phase four it feels like every superhero movie kind of gets a pass where they're like yeah that's a great movie again that's a great movie again and then it and then it felt like after endgame now everyone's kind of like, you know, I'm kind of done with these. <laughs> but then, I mean, I, I think it's just more fair now where, where people aren't necessarily like propping them up. There, yeah. there was just like a moment. I don't know. Do you feel that way? I felt like there was a moment where it was like, we're giving these maybe more credit than they actually deserve at this point. I think point. you have your finger more on the pulse of the critic stuff than I do. Yeah, that's true. So I, I can't totally speak to that. Because it's like... I I have consistently liked superhero movies, but something like Captain America Civil War, mm-hmm. a movie that we wound up liking when we rewatched it, you know, I think it has like a a pretty high meta score. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, it's good, but it's not like as good a meta score as, you know, some classic movie. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's not as good as that. Uh-huh. And it's kind of weird that we're like putting it up to that level. Yeah. Um, but this is in that time period, uh, Age of Apo- or just Apocalypse. It's X Men Apocalypse. Yeah, um, it's not Age of Apocalypse. I don't know why I keep saying that. But even this one, even during that time, it's like th- I mean, this should be like in the red meta score. This is this is a terribly made. It's a terrible script. It is not a good movie. And the fact that this movie has like middle scores is kind of insane. It's so ridiculous. I was thinking about it, um, and I, I, off the top of my head, I think it's my least favorite superhero movie I've ever seen. 
Hmm. Probably the same for me too. Because I was thinking about like Batman v Superman. Um, I guess the original Justice League cut is about as bad as a movie can that possibly be. But that, that movie didn't look as bad as this movie. This movie looked awful. That first, well, the first Justice League looks pretty bad. What's the I think first Justice League? Like the, not the one that's a, not Zack Snyder. Cut, oh, okay. It looks really bad. Okay. Um, but th- this they movie, can both be at, on the bottom together. Yeah, I mean, I I would. I, you know, when we finished the movie, I was kind of like, well, maybe Eternals is worse because that's my least favorite MCU movie. Mm-hmm. But after thinking about it, I'm like, no, this movie is worse than every MCU movie, I think. Yeah. Um, it's it's really atrocious, mm-hmm. and we are going to dig into it. And we try not to be the podcast that just beats up a movie, but folks, put on your boxing gloves uh, get out your scissors so that you can cut this movie's eyelids when they've been beaten too hard. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> Where were you going with that? You know, boxing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, because we we are gonna beat up this movie, and I think it deserves it. Yeah. Um, do you think that? Well, I know you did the production notes, but is this like kind of a product of coasting at this point? Uh, define it. What do you mean? That they've they've been pretty successful the whole time, and they're like, oh, let's make this apocalypse movie, which I'm assuming is a pretty popular run in comics. And I mean, all of them are. I feel like anytime they make a movie, and right. and then they're just like, yeah, we got Oscar Isaac, we got the other cast back with a couple new people. Let's just throw it together and see what happens. It feels like no one worked hard on this movie. Yeah, including the actors. Yeah, I I think it is. I I think it's. Being, it's just sometimes you watch something, this is like Black Adam, where it's like, you know from the way people talk about it that they are passionate about it. It's just not good. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like this is like, oh my gosh, we're going to have Apocalypse and we're going to bring in like the young versions of some of the other character stuff. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait to show it to everyone. And it's like, yeah, it's just not good. Mm -hmm. It's just a terrible, terrible script. Yeah. Um, man, but yeah, I think Black Adam is a much better movie than this, which imagine someone saying that. I can't, I can't fathom, I, I, before seeing this movie, couldn't fathom a world like that. And here we are. We're in that world. Yeah. We've actually been living in that world. We just didn't know it yet. (laughs) It was like Schrodinger's cat until this moment. Uh Uh-huh. And on the bright side, I, well, I, I was kind of thinking that the x-men franchise was gonna feel like this movie for yeah, all too. of the later entries me too. and i was happy to note that deadpool stood up the wolverine was great i mean future past and x-men first class all kind of felt that way and then we know that dark phoenix is gonna be bad there's no yeah. way we're gonna like that but those movie. movies didn't look bad yeah like i'm sure i'm sure yeah, uh, Days know. of they Future didn't... Past got pretty close to as bad but as But there this. were some things that I liked how they, how, yeah. like, I liked how they visually did stuff. And this movie, no, no opinions of that sort. None. <laughs> oh, wow. How fancy, Jordan. <laughs> You're just like our fans. Um, okay. So, w- guess what? The movie is again directed by super creep Brian Singer. And guess what? This is it. We're done with him after this. Finally. Um, unless we ever cover the Superman movies, because he did I don't the know, man. recent one. What's the recent one? How long ago was that? Uh, that's the, the guy, the 2006 one. And that's the the guy from Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have seen that one. I have not. Um, it also has Super Creep 
uh, uh, Kevin as Spacey. Le- yeah, as Lex yeah. Luthor. Uh, so the screenplay is by Simon Kinberg again. I'm starting to think that he is he on all of them. I haven't been paying attention. He's been on. Uh, I can't remember if he was on First Class, but he's been involved in all of the movies to some degree. But he he's really written on Days of Future Past, Apocalypse, and then he goes on to direct. Oh, Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix, oh. and he he's a writer on the original movies and stuff. So he definitely has some magic, but I feel like. Maybe he's getting more and more creative control, and it's getting less and less good. Hmm. Um, but also, like, Brian Singer's clearly lost his mojo by now, because the first two movies are good. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and then the stories by Singer, Kinberg, uh, Michael Doherty, and Dan Harris, they've worked on these movies. Uh, the cinematography is by Newton Thomas Sigel. He's worked on these movies. The music is by John Ottman. He's worked on these movies. Yeah, I think they're all phoning it in. I think they're all burnout. Yeah, that could very well be. That's my prognosis. <laughs> uh, the movie comes out May 27th, 2016. Now, this is nutso. It has a $178 million budget. And it makes $155 million Ooh. in the U.S. How are the scores so high if it didn't make money back? I guess nobody saw it. <laughs> Okay. Uh, but this is less domestically, without inflation, than the first X-Men movie it made oh, domestically. Woof. Yeah, so that's... And they still made Dark Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but worldwide, it did make 543, so it makes its money back. But that is, like, that is far lower than than a lot of these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, And I was reading this Forbes article... Uh, by Scott Mendelson, and I, I thought it was came out at the time, mm-hmm. and he was kind of like, this box office shows quite a few things about the franchise. The studio's got to like figure some stuff out because it's kind of like, it's either A, just not connecting, and they need to figure something else out, or it, he argued, and, and thinking about the movie, I was like, oh, I, I think he's right. He basically argued this box office means, potentially, like this is his idea, theory, that it means that in order to have a successful movie, you have to have um, Hugh Jackman as a major role and, like, some of the, the original cast. So what he's saying is Michael Fassbender and James McAvoy are not putting butts in seats. Yeah, which that is, is why what they saying. were casted in the first place. Uh, yeah. And I, again, I know we said this on Days of well, I don't. Cast. I don't think that's why they were casted, because they've never really been butts it, and It's pretty stars. important who they cast for those characters, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, we mentioned this in the, the Days of Future Past. No, I think we mentioned this in First Class, and I'm bringing it up again because this movie was so bad that I am back to questioning if, they're, if I like Michael Fassbender at all. Because we've said time and time again, great director <laughs> picks bad roles. Great actor great, picks sorry, bad roles. Great actor. Uh, I I don't know anymore. <laughs> I really well, don't know. Here's what is crazy. When I, because I I'm like in this questioning phase with you, okay? Because we watched the Snowman for Halloween for our Halloween special last year, which is a fun ep- episode. You should listen to it. Uh, I I'm confused about him as well because I've had my whole theory, like you said, At great this point, actor. The only good thing he's been in is Inglorious Bastards. For me. And 12 Years a Slave, he's awesome in he that. He is good in that. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's true. Um, he he needs not just a good director, a prolific one to get a good performance out of him. Well, so 
but but I just want to say that like everyone, even even Trevin, who who I know to be a pretty intense film critic himself, uh, he. He's like, oh yeah, like those new X Men movies are so bad, but Michael Fassbender and James McAvoy are so good. It kind of makes up for a lot. I don't know if people would think that if they rewatch any of these movies. What? Yeah, I think I, I'm still fine with James McAvoy. Yeah, he kind of can't do any wrong for me. No, I I think he's fine in the movies. Yeah, but I I wouldn't say he's great. No, I, no. I think he's good. Uh, this movie's a low point in his career. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but. I mean, at the same time, he's coming out with Split later that year, so who cares? Yeah. Uh, he, but Fassbender, everyone, and even when I was going through, like, Letterboxd, like, looking up stuff, you know, I like to read the reviews of people I follow and stuff, and people are like, man, this, you know, first class, it's so bad, but Michael Fassbender carries the movie, or it's so good, especially Michael Fassbender and stuff. And my hot take on these X-Men movies I think definitively for me, if you love them, I'm happy for you. I'm gonna say I think Fastbender is very bad in all three of these. And so for far. that reason, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> and that is my flame and hot take. I texted Trevin that, and he was kind of like, "Whoa, okay." It's like it, I'm questioning it so much that I don't need what like some new really good performance from him to get me back on board. I need like a couple, yeah, to prove it to me. Yeah. I, I'm not willing necessarily to throw him out as an actor, but I am pretty willing to throw out Magneto. I, I don't think he I don't think he's good. And and I him as Magneto? Yeah. Okay. And, but I'm questioning I, him as a whole. But but here's the other thing. In this movie, which has Oscar Isaac, one of my favorite actors, James McAvoy, one of my favorite actors, um uh Rose Byrne, I would say one of my favorites. Cody Smith McPhee. Cody Smith McPhee. There is one performance that I think is good in this movie, and that's it. Who? And that is Evan Peters. He is oh, the yeah, yeah, only yeah. good performance in this yeah, movie. True. Ty Sheridan, another actor I love. Yeah. Hugh Jackman, an actor I love. And I'm giving one good performance away, and it's Evan Peters. And it's because he rises above how bad he should be in this movie. I know. And his character rules. I know. And everyone else is... Not good. And and see what I think though is that speaks to that speaks to directing. Yeah. Because we have Singer on Future Past, we have Singer on this movie, and then Matthew Vaughn on the first movie. And how many performances from the first movie did you and I like? For the first movie? Uh uh first class, I mean, the reboot. Oh, that was pretty tough. So I think it's a director problem and a writer problem. Yeah. Um, but I but I don't think that Fastbender rises above the material. That's that's no, what I don't I'm gonna think say. So either. Um, but back to this Forbes article. Um, so he kind of points out, you know, this thing about like the legacy characters, basically. And he said what's frustrating about watching this movie is it's trying to spend so much time with Magneto and Charles again but it's also like not allowing enough time for us to really get attached to the young versions of other characters. So the whole movie's just kind of a mishmash and then they just shoehorn Wolverine in at one point and and it just never lets you actually really attach to anybody. Yeah. And I thought, dang, that's the take. <laughs> I yeah. think he's right about that. Um yeah. Uh 
And then my last note, that's right, Jordan, my last note is they announced this movie and they announced that they were casting a young Gene, a young Storm, and a young Cyclops before Days of Future Past came out. Wow. Because I feel like when this movie started, you were kind of like, when it showed the young characters, you said, I thought you said something like, did they run out of ideas or are they just doing this because they have no... What, bringing back old characters? As young versions. I, I thought you had said something that implied, like, maybe it was a last-minute decision or something like oh, that. Oh, I don't remember that. But I think they'd been planning for it for a while. Yeah. But maybe you didn't say that. I don't know. Yeah. And well, that is my mouth. Uh, all of the notes I have on this movie. Everything else, it's smooth sailing. Gosh. So yeah. people just came, showed up, did their job, went home, and yeah. cashed their paycheck. And as far as I know, one cinematographer on this movie. Well, that's good. <laughs> okay, hold on. I... As a reminder for you uh, fancy listeners, uh, X-Men First Class, if you forgot, they for some reason had five different cinematographers on that movie. Uh, something I've never heard of before, haven't heard of since, and is wild. <sighs> Hit me with them actors. Sophie Turner plays Jean Grey. She uh, is most... Commonly known in Game of Thrones, I'm sure. Married to a Jonas bro. She's also in The Staircase. Um, and other stuff that I don't care about. That's how I feel at this point. Ty Sheridan plays Scott Summers. He is in Mud. Uh-huh. Ready Player One. Uh-huh. Joe. Uh-huh. I forgot he was in Mud and Joe, which yeah. is like the same movie. Which is like Joe Dirt in a way. I have not combine seen their titles. Joe. Have you? I have. That's a David Gordon Green movie. Whoa, cool. Which Uh, one do you like more? I like Mud way more. I actually was not a big fan of Joe, but now that I've become more of a David Gordon Green head, I would be up to rewatch it and maybe like it. Yeah. More. Cool. Did not know that. Yeah. Um, And then Cody Smith McPhee plays Nightcrawler. Um, He is in Let Me In, one of my favorite movies ever. Um, he's also in The Road with Viggo Mortensen. Mortensen. The Power of the Dog. Power of the Dog. Slow West. El- he's in Elvis? Yeah. Oh. For like a scene. All of Hollywood's probably in that movie, huh? Well, not a scene. He's in it for a, like five minutes. Cool. He's, he's pretty fun. He He's like a singer as well. Cool. He, he's the one. Who, it's, it's like so cheesy, but because it's a Baz movie, it's pretty cool. It's fun where he's basically like... You guys heard of this new guy that's on the radio? And he pulls out like a record or something like that and starts playing it. And then it dollies in on, uh, or, and then Tom Hanks is like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. You know, like mm-hmm. this is going to be the next guy. And then they're listening to it and they're going, wow, it sounds really good. And then Cody Mc, Smith McPhee's like, yeah, and he's white too. And then it dollies in on, on Tom Hanks and he's like, He's a white boy. <laughs> <laughs> Did people think that Elvis was black? I I like don't think of, they manufactured okay. that for the movie. You think they manufactured that for the movie? You I said? don't think they oh, did. Oh, you don't think they did? Yeah. So how does that answer my question? You asked if they if that if people thought he was black. Yeah. And I said I don't think they made that up for the movie. So that would be a yes. Yes, I okay. think so. <laughs> Sorry, that, that just was answered <laughs> it in a way that wrinkled my brain. Um, ben Hardy plays Angel. He is in Bohemian Rhapsody. 
Six underground, only the brave. Yeah. So, folks, we not only have a series that has a character named Angel in it, and then later a character named Angel, played by Zoe Kravitz, that's not the same Angel, and then in Deadpool a character named Angel Dust that is not one of those three characters. We now have a fourth Angel, and I'm not sure. It's like, is this another one, or is it the Angel that was in The Last Stand? I don't know. Me neither. Big upgrade. Oh, yeah, you got metal wings. <laughs> Can you get Gilmore's tennis ball out from under your chair? I think he's confused. Oh, okay. Yeah. Keep talking. Alexander Ship plays young Aurora. She is also in Love, Simon, Shaft, Tick, Tick, Boom, Father of the Bride. Not like, not the original. Wait, what is that? Oh, part three-ish whatever um and then olivia munn plays psylocke I, uh man i felt most bad for her in this movie her outfit looked unwearable yeah. like so uncomfortable chafing like crazy they're pulling out the baby powder to get her in and out of that probably oh my gosh I, it's, right it was, isn't that what they use to yeah i mean that's something that is has been used yeah for that um she's also in the newsroom the uh the daily show yeah um, office Christmas party. She like started out as like a personality and has c- come into acting. Oh, okay. Yeah. She was on like attack of the show, I think, which was like an interview thing. Like, I think Oh, okay. something like that. Yeah. And that pretty much completes it. Uh, have, have we talked about Oscar Isaac? I think we have. We've uh, talked Star about Wars. We have. Yeah, we definitely have. Um, Okay. So my first complaint with this movie yeah. is you took the... Okay, wait. Have you read this comic? I have not. Have you looked up any pictures of this comic? Yes. I Okay, I'm assuming, like, the way that he looks, like, this character's have like, looks like... They weird. did a pretty decent job of looking like he looks in the comic. That being said... Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with what you're going to say. The mistake is they took the beautiful Oscar Isaac and hid him underneath all of that crap. And you are going to find that in probably every review of this movie. This is across the board. That's everyone what is pe- like, other people are saying Everyone too? is like, why would you hire Oscar Isaac and bury him? It makes no sense. Oh, that makes me feel so yeah, validated. No, no. Every, everybody, this is like a, con- if you hear people talking about this movie, it's always like, yeah, what a wasted performance. Absolutely. And I think also everyone knows how good he is. Yeah. And to see him... As one reviewer put it, do the most uncool things in the world, like put his hands up to a TV and and go learning. <laughs> uh, yikes! Yeah. Oh my gosh, he looks so bad. It's crazy, and it looks. And t- talk about the hair. His hair? Yeah. He doesn't have hair. Well, they took away the hair. They took away his beautiful, his beautiful luscious head of hair. locks. Yes. Um, and. He- the, the his makeup too it looks like it a lot of it's painted on like it like yeah. it's like actual face part of it looks bad yeah it doesn't it just doesn't even look good it doesn't look cool the the colors are just so muted you know what it this is gonna sound nutso uh because this is not what i would typically say but i think because when i looked at the design of the comic book character i was like oh yeah that is how he looks I think this is a case, and I can't believe I'm going to advocate for this, where they should have used performance capture and done a oh. Thanos performance. Because I'm thinking about Thanos. Wait, what's this character's name? Apocalypse. Um, 
I'm thinking about Thanos, and he looks so good, and he looks like Josh Brolin, but there isn't this weird, like, how come they don't have Josh Brolin? Because it's it's not his face, even though it kind of is. Yeah. And they're trying to accomplish that with makeup, and it does not oh, work. Oh, he's way bigger, too. Yeah, so you could have made him bigger and all of that. Now, the technology's not quite as advanced as it will be when a movie like Infinity War comes out in 2019, but we're close. Um, and I can't believe I'm going to say that, but I think maybe that's the move. Oh, I absolutely agree. Looking at the comic book character, because the cool thing with Thanos that they did is um, he is huge. They, yeah. they didn't like keep him Josh Brolin height or something. No, no, they, he's they, like, like, you know... I'm nine sure, feet tall or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and I don't I don't think I've even ever looked up the comic version of him, but I'm sure that's what he looks like. He looks like and that. And like yeah. that's his size. I'm looking at this comic book character. He looks like a, a cyborg Hulk or something. Sure, yeah. And that's just what they should have done. But doesn't it, it's like they did try they did like they tried do but he that. just looks emaciated. Yeah. And uh, gross. He looks but, bad. Yeah, he, yeah. He doesn't look mighty like the no. like the comic book no. version. Um, and then the next thing I got an issue with, yeah, is uh, they got Cody Smith McPhee, love him, love that kid, uh, and they cast him as the best uh, yeah. X Men character. We were waiting for this. So I excited. knew there'd be at least one thing we'd love about the movie, right? Yeah, Nightcrawler. So it was like, cool, they're finally bringing Nightcrawler crawler back. Not only that, they casted someone I love. Yeah. Oh my gosh, he looks so bad. He looks so he looks bad. And and, and I know we're in the '80s. I know that they they the man did they have fun with the '80s on costume <laughs> in this movie? Uh, probably a little too much fun because they were probably like, oh, what kind of person, what kind of kid would Nightcrawler be in the '80s? Oh, he'd totally be emo. So we have to give him big, thick, side-swept bangs. But they don't like, like I'm thinking about Wonder Woman 1984, and that movie is like fictionalized pop culture only the malls of america uh-huh. in commercials movie uh-huh. and i love how that movie looks and mm-hmm. i love i love like all the costumes in that because it's like over the top and this movie doesn't go all the way it kind of kind of goes halfway and it's like maybe either scale it back or or go all the way and yeah. make everybody like ultra 80s looking yeah he looks so bad oh my gosh i felt bad for him yeah, th- so I was I said while we're watching the movie, I am mad at Oscar Isaac for yeah. a while, and I am a little mad at Cody Smith too. Yeah. Well, here's here's what I think brings up a great discussion here. We we have been really focusing a lot on hair mm-hmm. in this franchise because of Wolverine. We've been tracking the hair growth and the hair progress. Um, I think we just need to do a hair round out. And and as someone who doesn't pay attention to these kinds of things all that often, it was screaming at me, the hair <laughs> issues in this movie. So we have Oscar Isaac. We talked about that. Yeah. We got Cody Smith McPhee. We talked about it. The hair is so bad that he looks bad. Mm-hmm. Now, we have someone else named Storm in this movie. Aurora, if you will. Mm-hmm. And she, I just want to say how stupid this element is. Mm-hmm. She has her storm powers. She's got a cool mohawk. I'm cool with the mohawk. Yeah, let's go. Uh, but she only gets the white in her hair when Apocalypse gives her more powers and heightens her mutant ability. Mm-hmm. And that's when she gets the white We all needed to know why she had white hair. As if... What just the, the hell are we doing she's here? She's just some storm character that has storm powers and her having hair like a cloud isn't enough for us. No, we need an origin for that. 
Unbelievable. And then they could take it a step further. No, in the no, movie. no. We're saving that for last. Oh, okay. Because then we have Wolverine. Yeah. His hair doesn't look like Wolverine. And I know he's supposed to be all weird. You know, he's supposed to be like a Hulk. He's supposed to be Hulk in this movie. He was, this is yeah. his Hulk take. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. It's um, just because of what they put him in and everything. Oh yeah, oh yeah, because he has those like Bruce He's just Banner. wearing ripped shorts. Yeah, and and the the electronic stuff they put on him, I'm like, no, it looks terrible. Don't I don't, don't do even that. understand what it was doing. Yeah, and then we have I, I'm I'm scrolling on my notes here, and I'm making sure I'm not missing any because, uh, oh yeah, we also have Alex Summers Havoc, who has the the mullet from his MacGyver performance, and it looks crazy bad i mean crazy that's a wig right i don't know and i don't i mean i i just i think this kid had to have been doing macgyver by this point man and i'm probably wrong and i don't want to look it up yeah it's it's insane how bad it is yeah um and then it looks like mcavoy is wearing a wig for a lot of the movie i think okay the long luscious hair but then the movie goes and says hey Let's make an origin story. X-Men Origins, male pattern baldness. No, no, no. Professor X can't just get male pattern baldness and lose his hair and decide to shave his head. He has to be in a mental battle with Apocalypse that causes his hair to not fall out, disintegrate, folks. (laughs) Not his eyebrows, not his body hair. No, just his head. Is this in the comics? I hope it is not, because that is one of the dumbest things I've ever so seen dumb. in a movie. I never, no one's asking why he's bald. I know, what. what is this obsession in superhero movies where it's like, okay, we got to explain why he's bald. Oh, he wore a blue shirt in the first movie. We got to explain why he bought that blue shirt. It's like, you live life. Things happen to you. <laughs> I have eczema. Do we need an origin story on why I got eczema where some thug beat me up in an alley and left me for dead and I contracted eczema or something? Wow, it must be really hard for you to talk about this. <laughs> well, you know what? As a bald man myself, I must say, how disrespectful, <laughs> you sons of bitches. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's the hair thing, and, and we haven't even talked about the story. I know. We don't have to, do we? Yeah, I think we could just talk about um, Knives Out. Okay. And I'm talking about the first one. Just talk about Knives Out again. Okay. Which we've already done on our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Micah McCaw, uh, where you can get extra episodes. Yeah, just go listen to that. (laughs) Okay, but here we go. The movie begins. We're in the BC era of the world. 3600, I think. Sounds right, yeah. We're in Egypt. We're in the Nile Valley, and... Their a ritual is to be is to be performed on some gross looking dude, which is Oscar Isaac, or no, he becomes I don't know. Through a pyramid, there's all these slaves around doing work, and as this ritual is happening, they're they're transferring one person's consciousness to the other. Um, the slaves revolt and are trying to break it, trying to stop uh. it. Um. And it was, I mean, this is first scene of the movie, and, and I just already was thinking, like, it looks this bad already? I, I had a note right at the beginning that says, effects are sort of crazy bad. Crazy bad! I mean, I mean, I think 
I, I think, genuinely, X-Men 1 looks better. The effects are yes. better in that movie. Yes. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, it's abysmal. This is abysmal. And, and there is something cool, though, where somebody slams... Um, Oh, Some people no, against. This, this, I like this. Yeah, what you're saying is yeah. that this guy has like a mutant power. He just claps, and he like clapped so forcefully that it ripped the skin and tissue off of two people. And they and like just slap against the wall. That was cool. That was cool. Yeah, we can say positive things. We don't have to, but we can. But then, so there's this, as this is happening, there's like this lady there protecting them and is like kind of kickstarting this ritual. And I just thought it was so funny that we're at 3600 BC. And we have this blonde lady here in Egypt. Well, you know what? Apocalypse probably gave her the blonde hair by touching her and giving her power. (sighs) Whatever. It is so, it's just like, the reason why it gets me is because they're like, you can tell that they're trying to make it like, this is Egypt. This is ancient Egypt. All these people here are Egyptian or whatever, because like within this proximity of this Like Middle Eastern and African. Yeah. Because they have slaves, or like, yeah. yeah, but they're just gonna throw in a random blonde lady in there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it doesn't work for me. That doesn't fly. <laughs> that's why. It, that's why it gets me. Yeah, um, but all it's just a nonsense scene. I mean, I mean, the the action is horrendous. Yeah, the effects are horrendous, and and I was kind of like, oh no, this is gonna be as bad as I heard this movie was. Oh yeah, you know, it's like pretty immediately. I'm like, crap. Yeah. And then Brian Singer does his thing that that he's obsessed with. I, and I'm starting to think like this must be in all of his movies, right? Where he he it's like a tunnel where where it's like animated sequences as we're like flying through stuff and it's a tunnel of time this time. Mm-hmm. Where where we're flying through this tunnel and seeing time progress. Showing us that time is linear when the last movie proved that it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh and then it ends, of course, on the X-Men door to Cerebro. And I'm like, we really... I, I I don't think, like, that's something you have to have in an X-Men movie, is mm-hmm. opening with the, the X-Men door. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that that's, like, comes with the territory. You gotta do that. <laughs> um, but here's a, here's what's frustrating. So the movie's beginning, and and we had seen these these freaking... This apocalypse guy... And we're seeing mutants, and I'm and in my head. I'm like, my m- imagination is going wild, and I'm like, oh, this is so interesting. Yeah, the idea that a mutant back then, without the scientific knowledge we have now, would be perceived as a god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the idea of like imposing your will in that regard, and then the way it would get like lost in time, like, oh my gosh! And already I was like, oh, they're not delivering on that. They should have delivered they on that. They even say it at some point, though. Yeah. But no, they don't. It's yeah. not as cool as it should be. Yeah. And so we tunnel through time, and then we meet Cyclops, who is at school as he... He developed... The, his mutant gene is activated Yeah, on this day, and he is Cyclops. Cyclops is born. Right. And he's taken to... Did you wink at my girl? Classic. Yeah. You know, don't wink at girls. He's taken to... Okay, so his brother is Havoc, which I missed that, but that's a me problem. I mean, I think at that point I had fallen off. Yeah. Um, I know, early. Yeah, pretty early. Um, it, it just sucks. When a movie's this bad, you at least hope it starts strong. 
Yeah. You know, then this one didn't even start strong. So his brother takes him to the the X-Men school. Yeah. And he runs into Gene, literally. And when when he ran into Gene, this is when I wrote the note fully out on movie. (laughs) There's a couple things that happened before that that we have to go back to, but... Yeah, when he runs into Jean and it goes slow motion and she catches all of her papers, I was like, this movie can get out of town. You know what they've never achieved in this entire series for me? There's absolutely no chemistry between Scott and Jean ever. Yeah. And I know it's all about Wolverine being in love with her. And she's definitely in love with him, too, even when she's married to Scott. Yeah. But there's not, they don't even like, at, at no point in any of the movies, they try to give them chemistry for me. Yeah. And I they mean, have they another try yeah, in this ha- one, but they have another try in this one, and no, they have no chemistry in this movie. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, not this is the first <sighs> time I've seen um, Sophie Turner. What's her name? Yeah, in a movie, not impressed, and <laughs> <laughs> not looking forward to the next one where she is the focal point. Yeah, but at least uh, at least Simon Kinberg gets to do Dark Phoenix another time. <sighs> yeah, so. We can jump around. It's our podcast, and our fancy friends love it. Um, here's here's something I was just thinking about while we were watching the movie. Uh, so this movie is setting up Dark Phoenix again. And if you forgot what that was, it's the idea that F- Phoenix has all this great power, and there's like this dark power inside of her, and it will overcome her one day and kind of turn her evil, and it could be the end of the universe. And um, it's regarded as one of the greatest storylines in Marvel history. Um, what, what I find odd is, you know, movies get remade all the time and I don't think remakes are bad, but I, I do think remaking stuff in comic book franchise filmmaking is odd Mm -hmm. because this movie has you like, it has scenes where it's hinting at, phoenix Mm -hmm. and but i'm like is is anyone in the audience like thinking that there's tension here because we we already saw this happen in another movie we know you're setting that up uncle ben die 15 times why do we need to see that yeah well we i mean they didn't do that anymore yeah but they did in the andrew garfield one and that felt like 30 times too many by that point yeah that one i mean that's that to me. That's a little bit of a different situation because it's hard to tell a Spider-Man story without the core of why he is Spider-Man. But Micah, they did it. Yeah, but they had they had to to fully embrace him as Spider-Man. They had to make Aunt May Uncle Ben. You know. Well, yeah. And I, I think they did that did that well, and that was an interesting adaption of that that idea. But um, it's it's just it's just odd to be setting setting it up. You know it. Mm-hmm. it and I, and I know we've had, like, repeat villains and we've had repeat heroes before, but am I wrong in thinking that we, we haven't had, like, a remake in this regard where it's like, no, we're going to do that same story again? Yeah. And we're, and we're going to set it up like you don't know that this is going to happen. Yeah. And I, I, I can't think of any other not story the, that's done that. Not off the top of my head. Because, because I mean, if you... Which is what you said, like, we've had villains, same villains in other movies, but it's always a different story. Yeah. Like, like Green yeah. Goblin. And and usually it's it's told differently. 
Mm-hmm. You know, like like Venom was in Spider Man three, and then Venom has his own movie, and those movies share like no, like they're different takes uh-huh. on the character for sure. Um, yeah, I, I it's very odd, and like you know Norman Osborn being in in the newest Spider Man movie is like a continuation of his character if he hadn't died. Mm-hmm. So it's like that's not really remaking that character. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I suppose someday, if if the MCU ever, you know, bows out, they will probably, like, relaunch it and do it again. Yeah. Uh, to some degree. But, yeah, I, I it's just odd, because every time they're hinting at Phoenix throughout this movie, I was like, yeah, we know. Uh, not interesting. Uh-huh. Like, tell something else with her story. I'm glad. I thought they were going to hit it harder than they did. Yeah. But the, they do they do in the movie with like, whoa, she has this huge great oh, power. Yeah, they do. But and you're like, yeah. I thought that was gonna be like every scene that she was in, it's like reminding us <laughs> right, right. of that. So So anyway, while this that's is my happening, little rant. Mystique is doing stuff. Yeah, and this this could have been the whole movie on its own. Again, she's out there like trying to save mutants and give them hope. Because there's there's like, you know, there's all this anti-mutant stuff. Cool. Mm-hmm. But the movie's kind of like, we're going to talk about that a couple of times, and that's it. Yeah. That's a good idea. That, I mean, that's half of this movie is it's like, hey, let's explore this. Let's explore that. But we're only going to do it in like t- 10 minutes total. Well, I don't know if I agree with that because most of the movies have been about that. And this one's finally not. No, no, what, I, what I'm saying is, like, the idea of her going around being, like, a freedom fighter for mutants is a great idea. Yeah. Either change the idea or give it more than 10 minutes of screen time. Oh, okay. Uh, the idea of Charles and Magneto, once again, doing their thing. Either change the idea or make it the crux of the movie. Apocalypse. Like, change it or make it the crux of the movie. Yeah. Because, like, Apocalypse honestly felt like he was a s- side character. There were, like, sections of this movie where it was, like, I don't even remember who the villain is. Mm-hmm. Like, what what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. So that's what Mystique is doing, is she's going around getting mutants? Yeah, and, like, rescuing them from situations oh, that okay. they're, they're stuck in. Oh, okay. Um, Jennifer Lawrence looks so bored in this movie, and she's hardly Mystique. Uh-huh. You made a joke about that's probably in her contract in this movie to not get in makeup that often. I mean, she's, like, really not Mystique that much. Yeah, no, I... I I, and when she I'm was, not making a joke. I think that she probably was like, you know what? I've been nominated a few times now, and I am done with this franchise, and I don't want to sit in makeup for four hours a day. So you need to write it differently. And when she was in makeup, it looked really, really bad. bad. This is the worst she's ever looked. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think she was, was the, in makeup ever. That That's an interesting point that might be true. I also wonder, well, I, I feel like they just did a rush job. Yeah. But then also I wonder if something with like the color correcting made her look way bluer than she's ever looked. It made her look so fake. Well, I think they did like a digital touch up on her face and stuff. Yeah. And and yeah, I don't think that she I don't think she was ever in like full makeup for this movie. And you know what I say to that? I say good for you. <laughs> if I was on a movie with Brian Singer, I wouldn't want to strip down naked and have him put uh makeup on my whole body for hours. Mm-hmm. So I say good for her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but but she's clearly, it's like that thing that happens sometimes, and you see it where someone is in a franchise and they have a contractual obligation 
but they've made it so big as an actor that they don't have to do it anymore. And you know what? None of, I mean, this might be so wrong. Cause I, 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 no one is, she's not going to be remembered for being in the X-Men movies. No. So X-Men didn't do anything for her. No. So, so you, you can just tell she's like, I could be working with David O. Russell for the 30th time instead. <laughs> well, maybe she shouldn't do that. But yeah. I know, I know, I know. Um, She's like, I could be working on the prequel to uh, uh, Hunger Games that the Macaw Podcast Universe will be covering later this year. She's not in that, is she? I would hope not, because oh. it takes place hundreds of years oh. before. Cool. <laughs> I think Jordan's going to quit the podcast this year. <laughs> She's hit her ceiling. Um, yeah, so, and there's this fight with Angel versus Nightcrawler, and it's it's not good. I, it's fine. Not yeah, whatever. I don't know. Um, and, she she busts him out. Yeah. And so now I want to talk about Magneto. Okay. And I'm just going to kind of go through his thing okay. for a little bit. Magneto uh, is at a steel factory. I In like Poland. The, I like the irony there. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm a sucker for a little irony when it comes to powers. And... Uh, so he's just working. He's keeping his head low. He was in the news from the last movie, so people know who he is, and he can't. He's got to keep a low profile. And um, so by the end of the last movie, he's the bad guy. Mystique is the good guy. Because yeah, like, but, all the mutant. Well, not to the humans, but all the mutants are like, "You're my hero," to Mystique. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. And then and then so he's at the steel factory, and then like um a smelt oven thing is about to fall on somebody well this doesn't happen no i'm just kind of going oh, through okay. his story okay. and then he stops it yeah and so but someone sees him he, th- he thought he got away with it someone sees him we see he has a family he has a daughter and he's been living his life and then they they like take him out to the woods and and they go the police yeah they have his well actually i thought oh yeah it was police yeah they they have like all wooden weapons, just bows and arrows, and they know who he is. And they're like, "We're we're gonna kill your family if you don't give yourself up." I don't think they ever said that. Well, they have him like hostage. That's how they just lure the him out there, right? Just oh, the, the daughter. daughter. Yeah. And then we have <sighs> such a stupid scene, folks. It's another stupid one where the daughter, like, he decides to. I, I think he's just like, stop, stop, stop. And the daughter comes rushing over. Well, he's like, if you let my daughter go, I'll go with you. Yeah, and the daughter has powers, and this is what it is. And and these birds start, like, calling. She can, like, control animals or, or command yeah. them. And and so they're, like, flying around, and she's like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. And then one of the one of the cops looks up in the sky, surprised, and he accidentally... Let's loose his bow, and it goes into the daughter, through her, into the mother, and kills them both instantly. Mm-hmm. A wooden blunt arrow. Now, okay, Micah, you didn't know how blunt it was. I'm just saying that that I I don't need superhero movies to be realistic, but I don't understand why you would why you would make this decision. Yeah, you, you, it should be a deliberate choice. Why does he have to lose everything? Um, because they don't know how to write him any differently. That's I why. I guess. He has to lose something every time to motivate him to do anything? Yeah. 
It's so dumb. Yeah. It's not like they go, like, a th- top of my head, in this moment, they they fight Apocalypse, they, they lose, and then they regroup, and they're like, there's only one man that can help us. And they go and find Magneto, and he's got a family, and they're like, dude... He goes, I got my family. I'm not going to help. And they go, but you won't have a family by the end of tomorrow if you don't fight. And then he comes and fights with them. Yeah. That's already better. Yeah. I mean, it's tired and we've seen it before, but it's like that is better than this. Because the thing I would argue. But also, like, why why can't he just be a steel worker, keeping a low profile, not have a wife and a daughter, and Apocalypse comes to him anyway? And says all that stuff, and is like, we're we're basically we're we're superior, and we're we're taking it over, which is kind of what they do in all of them. But it's a Ma- it's Magneto's thing. So yeah, he's that's like, true. They, they came and got me. No one has to die in that scenario. <laughs> he doesn't have to lose anything for that to you happen. You guys can hire Jordan. She can do rewrites on these things. I don't want to work with these people. No, no, no. But I'm just saying, in the future, it's going to be new X Men people. Believe me, they're not going <laughs> to have Simon Kinberg again. I would hope not. Um, yeah, but, but, but the other thing is like on a practical level, if you're making a movie, just make the person make the choice and, and make it something that's actually impending and doomful. Yeah. Not he accidentally lets go of his wooden arrow that looks flimsy. Make it look not flimsy. Mm-hmm. Have a close up on the sharpness of it and, and maybe let them breathe a little bit because I, I feel like I know I don't, we don't need realism all the way in superhero movies, but it's like, when I saw that bow and arrow, I'm like, I'm pretty sure if that happened, I could go to the hospital and I'd be fine. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. And, and the fact that it went through both of their bodies is so oh, that That's like the cherry on top. Yeah. It, it's, uh, oh my gosh. I, yeah. So things like that, just don't, just, just make it so that it was just inescapable. Just stop it. Stop. Stop. Do you hear us? Uh, you know, we have four more to watch, Jordan. Oh, oh my gosh. How? How are there four more? Well, we got Deadpool 2, we got Logan, New Mutants, and Dark Phoenix. Oh, oh my gosh. But it's okay. I I think I think we're going to I think once we get done with Logan, I think we're going to watch I think we're going to watch a, a a new series. And record it and then go back. The audience, yeah. it won't change their schedule, but I think we need a little break. We might have to watch one or two of another series. But we got Logan to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, so Moira is out here and she's looking in the desert and stumbles across them uh, uh, rebirthing, resurrecting Apocalypse. This character is completely unnecessary. Yeah. As, as are most in this movie. Um, and Charles and is... And I hated this. I hated that she crawled down this hole and there's a group of men already down there chanting and praying to this yeah, the pyramid. Yeah. And she's just on, simply on the other side of the pyramid and witnesses this whole thing that happens. That's what I like to call a wooden arrow incident. Yeah. Very coincidental. And And then, you know, she gets out and everyone senses this big... I, I also like how, like, the government now is like, oh, my gosh, we had the biggest uh, psy- psy- psychotic, not psychotic, but, like, psy event happen in Egypt the other day. And it's like, oh, you can measure these now? What are you talking about? What's a psy event? Like, like 
like mind powered oh, event. Okay, because they don't say like, oh, there was a there was an earthquake in Egypt. They they mention it being like tied to like a mutant seismic thing. Who's saying that the government? The, the government says that, oh. and and then Hank McCoy says it as well. Who's Hank McCoy? That's oh, Beast. That's, yeah. Oh my gosh, someone who has nothing to do with this movie. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Charles is like, oh my gosh, I need to talk to Moira, and he goes, oh, but I deleted all of her memories, and she's so hot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that that's where they try to get out all their jokes in this movie, and you're, I, do they even kiss in this movie? I don't know. I don't think they even kiss. He doesn't give her memories back until the end of the movie. Yeah. Maybe they kiss at the end, but it's like a cry kiss. Who cares? I don't need him to fall in love. But if you're going to have him fall in love, give us a kissy. <laughs> give us a nice kissy. Um, oh, and I did write this Moira in Egypt. I said, you know, MCU has tons of issues and stuff, but I said it's moments like this when you really appreciate how delicately the MCU has balanced their characters and casted so well. They, yeah, yeah. Because there are times when I care about things that if it was a different actor or if it was not crafted the way it was crafted, even if it's, like, it's just these movies are the example where it's like, this story, I've seen seen movies like this in the MCU, and yet those movies are just better because they're just a little bit, the the scripts are a little bit better. Mm Mm-hmm. And the actors are perfect. Mm-hmm. So it's like I forgive some of the like mediocreness of some of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's times like these two when I think like, oh, maybe I don't, maybe I don't give the MCU enough credit because you can see how quickly it goes wrong. Mm. Like Kevin Feige really is gluing and holding it all together, you know? Um, I also write, wrote I'm so impressed by the PS2 graphics. Yeah. Um we already talked about that. Finds Moira. Okay, so James Mac or Charles and Nicholas Holt go to Moira to the CIA and yeah, he wiped her memories, but because he can control minds, he just says that we have a level five clearance and she just shows them everything. Yeah. Cool. Uh-huh. Again, completely unnecessary. But this is when she gets into um way, way back then, um People, people, okay, so they thought that mutants only started coming out in the 20th century. Coming out. Coming out. We have a new mutant drop. <laughs> like, they started, like, they were a new thing in the 20th century. They have since found evidence that there were mutants yeah, and, thousands of years ago. And we all knew they came from the 20th century, Jordan, because Kevin Bacon said in first class, we are the sons and daughters of radiation. Remember that moment? Nope. <laughs> so she says back then... There might have been some mutants, and it makes sense that people would regard them as gods. Uh-huh. And and I mean, it's like that should be the most exciting part, most exciting concept of this movie. Yeah. And I just I barely remember her saying that. Yeah. And she talks about how he always has four horsemen, like four horsemen of the apocalypse. Yeah. And, and one of them says like, "Oh, like the Bible," and she goes, "Or maybe the Bible got it from him." Oh god. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's so clever." <laughs> um. And it's around. This movie is so like I was expecting this to be like biblical, like yeah. more more like apocalypse heavy. I guess for yeah. lack of a better word, na na na, not at all. No, and uh, and and it, it's so so when he touched the TV, you know, 
and he starts learning. He he happens <laughs> he happens to just like only learn like the news and the history of the world. And I just thought it would be funny if maybe that TV only got one channel and it was like only doing reruns of Happy Days or something. So like the rest of the movie, he's just like going around like hitting jukeboxes to get music to start. <laughs> and he's like, hey, you know, like being Fonzie. <laughs> and that's his whole personality. And that's what he thinks the world is, this 50s diner. That would be great. That'd be funny. <laughs> um, so or like leave his... it to Beaver or something like that. <laughs> what are his powers? He can like absorb other people's powers. He absorbs others and then he can do that power. And then, okay. And then he can also enhance others. Yeah. So because he Which doesn't. I just feel powers. like they don't really have any fun with that. No, no, just no. I mean, because I I didn't really understand what he had until someone just blatantly told me, which I think is bad storytelling. Uh, And then it just was like, he never really did anything that interesting. Like, he just put people in walls. That Mm -hmm. was his big thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was cool when they had the fight in their mind, which we'll talk about. I liked when he got big Mm -hmm. in the mansion. Mm Mm-hmm. Another thing, though, is crazy is that I said near the beginning, I wrote, I can't believe that we have to listen to this voice for a full movie. Real bad choice. Real bad. An incredibly bad choice. Yeah. It, it is It is like one of the worst voice choice. I mean, that that's where I'm like, okay, I think, Oscar, you got a little bit to blame here because <laughs> this is a bad choice of voice. Bad choice voice. It's a bad choice voice. So then he starts recruiting his new four horsemen. He gets Storm. He goes and gets Angel. He upgrades Angel from having uh, real white white wings to metal wings. Boring. They look bad. And it's also like, so you took away how cool he looked and made him look not cool. Yeah. I also just don't think, I also, and, well, I guess if he's just enhancing powers, he probably, I'm assuming he doesn't know how they will be enhanced. But at the yeah. same time, I think he does know. And it's like, this guy from 3600 BC, like, knows to do this. Yeah. And to make them, like, metal and mechanical and bionic. Yeah. I don't think so. I'm not Well, it was because he was learning. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And then he, we get Sword Girl. Psylocke, I think is her yeah. name. Which they don't even say in the movie. And... I just thought it was funny, and this is probably a comic book thing, but she carries a samurai sword, but she also can generate like an like a lightsaber. Yeah. Why would she, what's the need for the <laughs> samurai <laughs> I sword? I, I didn't know. really get that ever. Um, but it seemed like her enlightened powers was giving her some purple hair. And oh, yeah, her he gave ter- her purple hair. She didn't have purple hair before he met her. <laughs> Are you kidding and me? she got that terrible outfit. He, he designed, they yeah. showed us, they showed us. He personally designed everyone's <laughs> outfit. Well, and that was a weird scene because it was like 30 minutes and he, he didn't just like give it to her. He was at like the seamstress, like sewing this whole thing and it had the plans. And it was very like oh. phantom thread kind of a thing. <laughs> He's cutting the material. A lot of care goes into it. And then, you know, he gives it to her. <laughs> <laughs> um, they also show up to Magneto to try and recruit him. And Magneto says, who the F are you? And yeah, I just I didn't care. For I didn't think word. it was a good F word usage. Yeah. The, the, the X Men movies have killed their X Men usage, and this one I was like, nah. Yeah. And he's about to kill everybody that killed his killed? family, huh? Killed. Killed his family with that um, small wooden arrow. Oh yeah. And Apocalypse just puts them in the ground instantly, and he's like, "Hey, you want to join me?" I like. I thought that looked cool, and it should have been scary. 
Yeah, it was. It was there, so. All the limbs are like twitching in the cement. But but it was so. It's such like poorly directed because I know. I like that idea, but Magneto's not even like you took that from me. I wanted my revenge. He's like, oh okay, cool, all right, let's yeah. work on this. And then why Apocalypse does is need like to again, and I know I already said this. Why does he again need to get angry at humans when the last movie showed that? Like he's continues to be justified in his beliefs. Yeah. Why do we, why does he need to be angered again? I don't know. We don't need to be reminded of this. This is all his character has ever been. And, and I, I don't want to blow past this. Apocalypse is like, there, I took care of him. And even him, it's like, that could be played as like a big evil villain moment. And he's like, I took care of them. Okay. Do you want to join the team? And he's like, yeah, I do. And he's like, okay, here's the contracts. Here's our W2. Here's your team Jersey. Yeah. And he makes him a helmet. And he takes him to Auschwitz so that he can get so angry that he can control the earth now. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I guess. I guess that's something you needed to do. Um, and then Quicksilver. We get to talk about Quicksilver. Okay. Uh, I don't like his storyline in the movie. I know that Magneto is his father. Uh, it feels so shoehorned. And it's like, we have to worry about that in this movie, too. Um, and even by the end of the movie, you're like, oh, cool. It's one of those things that, like, they're going to talk about in a future movie. There's just no time. There's no time for this in this movie, especially by the time we get to him. Yeah, There's and this no is the longest X-Men movie so far. Yeah. Um, fortunately, I know that I think they're, all the rest are under two hours, except maybe Logan. Okay. Because I think... I think Dark Phoenix is like 140, maybe. Awesome. It get, might be less. back to basics with yeah. these guys. And I think New Mutants is like 130. Oh, make it a 125, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, we could have covered it on 90 under 90. <laughs> I hope, I hope that it's like that. Um, but uh, yeah, so so uh, what the heck was I talking about? Quicksilver. Uh, he's cool. And and he he is so good in these movies that he rises above it. And it after watching it, I'm like, oh, this makes so much sense that they were like, okay, when we do WandaVision, we gotta have him. We gotta bring him into this yes. movie. Because yeah. when I'm watching it, I'm like, he he is so likable. And he is the one person I would say that when they do when they do bring the X-Men into Marvel, I'm like is there a way you can get him that makes sense and not get everyone else and do other recasts? So yeah, I think you have to go clean slate Yeah, without it getting messy. I think so too. But it's like, he's that good in two really bad movies that I'm like, it's a bummer that he didn't get a good movie. Yeah. Um, you're welcome on the pod anytime. Um, but he does have the best scene in the movie again. Yeah, so he goes to the X-Men school, and what happens right when he gets there? I mean, I know something explodes, but why does it explode? Well, they go into Cerebro. Oh, God. Um, another time where, <laughs> just another example of I don't understand how Cerebro works, because in one movie, I, Professor X will be using it, and no one sees what he sees, and then in another movie like this one, he's using it, and everyone sees what he sees. Yeah. I yeah. don't get it. And in the scene, uh, like the beast created this room or he like redid it or something. And he basically said he, he made it blue because of mystique. Yeah. And it was like, why do we need that origin? That is that I, I'm, I had a loss for words on that one. Oh my gosh. Uh, Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so then it like apocalypse 
you know, like controls, he gets into Xavier's mind and then, and then an explosion happens because Havoc has to turn off the machine. Oh yeah. Cause throughout this movie, Havoc like releases all the missiles throughout the world and um well no keeps... no uh, apocalypse does havoc doesn't that's what i meant apocalypse he releases all of the missiles and it just keeps cutting to the war room uh, yeah. that we've seen a couple of times in the x-men movies and it's so funny because it's just all these suits in a war yeah. room and they're doing absolutely nothing <laughs> <laughs> uh and then he uh, meanwhile like scott and gene and someone else they go and they see return of the Jedi and they walk out of the theater and they all have the contemporary thoughts about star Wars. I, I can't get it. No, but that. I, I just want to say that one of them says, you know, you can never beat the original. Listen to our podcast, dumbass. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the other one says like, um, no, the empire strikes is, is better because it's darker. And then the thir- the other person, and mind you, this is the third movie in this like proto trilogy says, well, the th- we can all agree that the third one is never as good as the rest. And kind of sucks. And I'm like, it's a cute joke. Did you have joke. that opinion in the 80s? Yeah, well, f- yeah. First of all, I don't think that that opinion is prevalent. But second of all, it's like, this movie does suck, so don't point it out to us. Mm-hmm. That makes me think you knew that this movie sucked because mm-hmm. you put that joke in there. Mm-hmm. It, uh, yeah. Okay, school's blowing up, though. Um, those dudes show up while it's happening, as well as Evan Peters shows up, and we get, like you said, the cool scene of him going throughout the, the school, saving people, and that slow-mo thing again. Yeah, and, and I said, Quicksilver steals the entire movie, and he rules, and his scene is the best, and it makes the whole movie and everyone else suck except him. Word. Yeah. Ditto. I think we're. I think we said it. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it, is a, it is a great scene, and there's a pug in it, and that's fun. Pug eating pizza. Pizza yeah, pug. Yeah, pizza pug. Pizza uh, pug party. <laughs> it, it, it's it's a moment in the movie where you're like, am I watching a different movie? Because this is amazing. <laughs> and then it's over. And then we resume the normal movie. Um, yeah. So when, so school's blown up, but all everyone's saved. Besides Havoc, he's dead. Did us all a favor of yes, we. Yeah, and but again, it's kind of like Scott Summers. De- I know. Death, we where don't they're like, see it. We don't see like, it. We don't see it, and they're like, oh, that's too bad. I know. Seriously. It's like, oh, okay. Kind of a major minor character. Yeah. You're okay with just dying? And then dying? Stryker okay. shows up and knocks out everybody. <laughs> yeah. And collects the mutants he wants, which, of course, it's our main crew. Yeah. Um, Just so, like, uh, what? <laughs> yeah, he's been absent this whole movie. Yeah. And then Jean Grey, like, gets Nightcrawler and... Uh, Scott and she used her powers to hide them and they sneak onto the helicopter. No, Nightcrawler uh, gets them in. Oh, bamps them? Yeah. But but she's still like using power throughout, to keep throughout them Throughout this time though, she's using her powers. Yeah. So yeah. And then meanwhile, uh, what's his face? Blue makeup boy. He takes Charles into what looks like an un- like a, a set from the 1960s Star Trek show. Um, and they're just oh, sitting there. They're like overlooking Egypt, I'm assuming. It, but it looks or the Nile or something. Bad. Looks so bad. And he says, you know, tell all the mutants what's about to go down. Everyone has believed in false gods, and they worship their palm pilots and their blackberries. Uh, <laughs> and then Charles is telling everybody that, but then he's also giving Gene a secret message. That's like Gene. Help me. Help me. You are my only hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
then they get to striker base. They are then, uh, nonsense fighting occurs. They let out Weapon X. Who's that? The guy that we've seen turn into Weapon X three times now? Yeah, it's Wolverine again. Looks really bad. He kills everybody. It's clearly the moment where they're like, if we've lost anybody, we got him back on now. And then you said that someone pointed this out. Okay, so at the end of the last movie, we see that Stryker got, <laughs> yeah, 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 got yeah. Wolverine out of the lake. So this explains why Stryker would have him in his possession. But then you read, I think it was like someone's review or something, and they reminded everyone that it was actually Mystique who did it, posing yeah, because, a striker. because it's got like the yellow eyes or whatever, and she like winks or something like that, and it's like she got Weapon X out. So, so by the logic of this movie, she's saving mutants, and she's like, okay, I got Wolverine. I'm going to put him in this base and then let Stryker take over and experiment what on him. What is the contraption on him? What is it doing? Um... It is looking like one of the dumbest attra- uh, contraptions I've ever seen. Okay, because it's I not know. subduing his powers. <laughs> no, he he goes he goes rogue on everybody. Um, not no, no, he goes beast on everybody. Yeah, nope, not that one either. And then, and then um, so he does all that, and then he's going to escape, but Gene like takes the stuff off of him, and that and that's just a weird one to think about for me. But um. But she takes the stuff off of him, and then he just, like, runs away into the woods. Yeah. He he doesn't say a single line. No. Like, such an animal. Yeah. I wonder how much he got paid. <sighs> oh, yeah. I just hope he was well compensated. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would hope so. I hope he got paid $38 million. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, what? Five? No, that's a lot. I don't know. Two? I don't know. Probably two million dollars to do that. Wow, could you imagine? I boy, I could sure use being in a in a movie as Wolverine to get two million and then be done. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, least Wolverine hair. Um, Apocalypse is virtually absent from most of this movie. Uh, I don't dig Magneto being an underling to Apocalypse. No. Uh, at least they're trying to do something else, yeah. but which they don't do anything with. Uh, and then they they all converge on Egypt now at this point. Yep. And they have this this battle that it I I there was enough of it that was going on that I what I I was so numb to this movie that I was like, am I doing a bad job as someone who has to do a podcast now? Because I'm like not even seeing the images that are going across me. Okay, but what I do know was happening, and I did answer some texts too, which I don't usually do. Micah. Yeah. That's bad. Yeah, and I looked up a couple of IMDb things about the movie while we were watching it. Hey, I won't tell if you don't. So, Oh, no, is this recording? Uh, <laughs> Apocalypse is taking uh, Xavier. He's gonna, Xavier's going to be his new conduit, like his new... Yeah, his new transference body. Yes. thing. So that's what's happening, and the X-Men are trying to stop. Uh-huh. And it's, it's, it's really poorly choreographed action. It is. Um... And and then Angel just kind of dies unceremoniously, and uh, it's kind of weird because it's like, oh, so he's just never gonna become an X Men. He does die. I'm pretty sure he dies. He gets okay. like smashed by something. Um. Okay. And then Mystique tries to kill Oscar, and then they go into the Oscar brain fight. Okay. This I think is cool. Where where 
uh, it's Charles Xavier. He's in the X-Mansion, and he's like, you may be able to take everyone else on, but you've never taken on me like this. And they start fighting, and he's like beating Apocalypse down. And then Apocalypse literally grows and gets big in the mansion, and he's mm-hmm. like trying to smash him. Big Apocalypse, little Charles. Mm-hmm. I like that. I think that's cool. I'm like, where, where is this and the Quicksilver scene? Those, those people that were working on those, why didn't they make this movie? Yeah, right. Um, and then he's like, and I like this too. He's like, Gene, you're the only one who can save me. Unleash yeah. everything. Yeah. And so she's like, ah, <laughs> yeah! Okay, 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 stop. <laughs> Gilmore's like, what is going on in here? Um, so that's what happens. And she is able to kill him and disintegrate him. And he doesn't even do anything to her hair, which kind of pissed me off. Uh, it pissed me right off. I, I wish that when she killed him, it just cut back to her and she had like a bob cut. <laughs> and she and, and it's just like, oh, Apocalypse affected one last hairdo. Um, That's his calling card. Yeah. You have the biggest bad guy, apparently, is what they're trying to tell us. And his thing is he changes people's hair. He just wants to be a hairdresser. <laughs> he wants to make costumes and be a hairdresser. <laughs> He's just a real Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. No one understands him. <laughs> Rebecca, uh, I know you're listening. Can you text me and let let me know which haircut, since you're a hairdresser, is the worst of what's in this movie? What is the most appalling, as a hairdresser, cut you have in this? I'm assuming it's Nightcrawler. That would be my choice. Yeah. But uh, I, I think there's a lot of great candidates. <laughs> um, Yeah, so they kill him, and then... Xavier's like, let me give Moira back her memories. He gives them to her. Storm goes to Quicksilver. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Storm goes up to Quicksilver after the battle, and she's like, hey, Mystique told me that um, Magneto is your dad. Are you going to tell him? (laughs) Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Why would Mystique tell this information to him? And then I do like how... We didn't even talk about Magneto in the battle. Who cares? Mm. Um... But I do like in this movie a little praise in the movie how they they leave Magneto and Charles as friends and allies, and I okay. like that. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, I mean, I've really checked out by this point. Yeah, that's the movie. Oh, great! What was the <laughs> cutscene? Because I definitely didn't watch it. The cutscene is like wep- like you know, Weapon X or something like that. I don't know. I'm assuming it's kind of setting up logan but logan is on its own because you know there's the mutant girl oh, okay but i don't really know it's not super exciting to have your your closing credits of a movie be someone moving a vial to a briefcase that's maybe not like the most <laughs> amped i'm gonna get for the next movie mm. um yeah i yeah, mean this this uh happened to us this, this is a short episode we're not even at an hour and a half that's, Can you believe it? That's just how it has to be this time around. Oh, I think so. I, I don't want to talk any more about this movie. <laughs> I, Thank goodness. It, it, it is definitely my least favorite of these movies. Yeah. Um, yeah, the list is getting very interesting as I'm trying to organize it for that episode when we will give our rankings. Um, but let's go to the calendar and let's give the people what they've been waiting for, which is an update on what's what. So it is the month of May, 
And that means if you go to patreon.com slash Micah McCaw, you can download, you can listen to our episode on Matthew Vaughn's kick ass. And two days ago, you would have heard our four year anniversary episode on game night. And next week, oh no, oh no. Next week, we interrupt our regularly scheduled program to bring you, uh, unless, unless the pregnancy hopefully makes it so we can't, Fast X. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's back to Logan. Oh, man. But at least last week we saw Guardians Volume 3, and... It was the best one so far. Do you maybe? think that they're going to drive so fast this time in Fast and Furious they'll, they'll reach heaven or hell? I well, is y- this cosmic? Are we in cosmic this time? Yeah. Well, going to see Paul Walker. Where would he end up? Listener of the pod, friend of the pod, guest of the pod, Sean Muir. He he thinks that they're going to have to like get out the DeLorean and go back in time. Yeah. And um. I was I thought that was funny and then I said who owns the rights to those movies and he goes oh well um it's universal for back to the future and then I'm not sure what it is oh wait it's universal for fast and furious <laughs> now I don't think that Bob uh is it, uh not Bob Zemeckis Bob Gale yeah 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 I don't think he would allow that to happen but I I He's do made it pretty clear that he never would yeah but I do think you know what? I, I'm with you, sh- though, Sean. I think that we are going to have time travel in this next movie. I, well, why wouldn't you at this point? I mean, just do it. Just do it, guys. And I you brought, You've brought so many people back from the dead. You've basically already gone back in time. Yeah. Explain how those people have survived yeah. in your time travel. And and I it, it would be cool if the movie starts with cars in space flying around shooting each other. That's how it should no, open. No, this is how I wanted to start. It's still space, but it's the Mario Kart rainbow track. Oh my! If it did it, I will. I pro. If they drive on a rainbow track, I will revoke everything I said about <laughs> the Fast and Furious movies. I will revoke everything I've said. That's what I'll finally understand. It's about family. Yeah. If they're if they drive on a rainbow track, but it has to be a legit rainbow track, folks. But I will revoke everything. And about I want Fast there to be a pot of freaking gold at the end of it, <laughs> or or a gold star. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, so I guess it's going to be, I think this is going to be a fun month to listen to our podcast. Going to be a terrible month for us, <laughs> except for last week's, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you. Please share this podcast with a friend mm-hmm. or a family member. And when you are around your friends and family, grab their phones, open up the app, give us five stars, and then also, um, subscribe. They don't even have to know about it. They'll never know. If you have a spouse or a child that has a phone, do that as well. This is how we win. <laughs> <laughs> and then also, um, no, that's everything, actually. See ya. Bye. Bye.